0: Bironolactone is one of my best friends in the office. It's actually a high blood pressure medication and it's been used safely for over 60 years. But what was found is that at low doses, one of its side effects is that it blocks the effects of the hormones on the oil glands. So it decreases oil production, which means fewer breakouts, less oily skin. We even use it to address hair thinning in adult women. This is a safe long-term option and you would just touch base with your dermatologist to see if it's right for you.
1: Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: At this very moment, I'm going through what I think is just dermatitis. I have all these little bumps and some pustules on my face. And when that happens, I know the clear path is to just reduce inflammation, calm it down. So I use a little bit of SOS spray from Tower 28. Just like Miss Haley Bieber? Yep. I use Mm Skin. The CBD helps incredibly well. I use De-stress from Facile, Mm -hmm. their serum, so good. I use a lightweight moisturizer, either First Aid Beauty or uh, Rode. And then I obviously just cleanse as gently as possible. I just try to keep my skin from drying out, freaking out,
1: anything like that. Just calm and collected. Yes, I actually have been having like a few pimples in between my eyebrows. And I think it's because when I wash my face, I have to be obviously very careful of my eyelash extension. So I have to like wash around my eyes. But I think because I've been using so many brow products, like the brow freeze and the Ruffy brow gel and things that are like thicker, I'm not like washing it all out as well as I should be. And so that's like creating like some breakouts. Yeah, some cloggage. Yeah. So, reminder to everyone if you're using any of those like heavy brow setters to like really exfoliate your brow hairs area, especially if you have lash extensions where you can't really rub. One day, one day I'll take it out. Maybe if I find the right like lash serum and be able to like rub my eyes. But, anyways, pimples. A lot of people have been dealing with adult acne. And so, we wanted to do an episode where we talked all about it. We did a little call out on Instagram and noticed that. A lot of people were experiencing adult acne and had a lot of questions so we decided to have an expert on to answer everything you all wanted to know like what causes adult acne what should you be using if you are experiencing adult acne all of the questions so we have dr Zeichner on today which i can't believe you had never connected with him before kirby I follow him, obviously, but I haven't interviewed him before or anything like that. If you like to follow Derms on social, you've probably seen a few of his videos. He does a really good job of just like telling it to you straight, you know, explaining like what the purpose of a skincare ingredient is, all those things. So Dr. Josh Seichner is an associate professor of dermatology and the director of cosmetic and clinical research in dermatology at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. He is one of the country's key opinion leaders in treating acne and rosacea and is an expert in cosmeceutical skincare and cosmetic dermatology. We sort of like did not know what to expect when we had Dr. Zeichner on. We were like, he's, you know, very buttoned up on the socials. Yeah, because his
2: social is literally, he just looks straight to camera and he like tells you the information and that's it. There's no funny business. There's no jokes. There's no dancing. It's just, you are getting this information as clinically as I can give it to you. But turns out Dr. Zeichner is hilarious. He is wild. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. When Sarah first told me that she was like, I think Dr. Zeichner would be good for this. I was like, it's going to be so boring. Like it's going to be too doctory. It's like, whatever. This man, sir, I'm telling you, Dr. Z, you need to let some of this personality come out on social media because I was shook. It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde (laughs) difference. I'm not even kidding. It was wild times. No, it was great. It was great. We learned a lot. We laughed a ton. I think that if you are just trying to figure out your acne journey, just at a base level, like what is acne? Like Are these little tiny breakouts every so often acne is this giant cystic
1: situation that I get. How do we know if it's hormonal, quote unquote, do I have another like underlying condition that's causing me to have all of these acne breakouts? And we talk about spironolactone,
2: which I know we've mentioned on the podcast before, but I think a lot of people are quick to go to Accutane when they can't get rid of their acne. And obviously it is an effective option. That's why so many dermatologists do recommend it when it's persistent, we have a whole conversation about spironolactone. So if that's something that you've been considering or thinking about, like, I know that when we worked with apostrophe, they would prescribe spironolactone prescriptions, depending on, you know, what your needs were and the questionnaire that you filled out. So this could be a good option for you. We just wanted to give all of the options and present them out there so that if you are feeling confused, because sometimes like you don't want to talk to your friends about your acne. Totally. Like, sometimes you're just like, I don't want to post on social media. Hey, I'm breaking out. What do I use? Like, I totally get it. It's kind of like BO. It's like, hey, I feel like I smell. What do
1: I do here? It's also super frustrating because you feel like you had it figured out maybe, or, you know, you had it in your teens. And so why are you experiencing it again? And yeah, like Kirby said, you just don't want to talk about it with your friends, or maybe you have seen a derm and they didn't help. So that's why we wanted to do this episode great. Enjoy our conversation with Dr. Zeichner. You can
2: follow him on social, or if you have questions, go ahead and post on our social media when we promote this episode. Okay, Dr. Z, so we start off every episode with a question, what's on your face? It's You know, we just want to know what you're loving. Obviously, you have your own skincare brand, but like, is there any product that maybe you're loving prescribing to people right now for any particular reason? Please tell us.
0: The first thing I want to tell you is that skincare does not need to be complicated to be effective. And I have a really simple kind of rationally based way of coming up with my own skincare routine and recommending one. So the morning is a time of protection and prevention of damage. The evening is a time of hydration and repair. And this is really all based on published research on the skin's natural circadian rhythms, where specific activities occur in the morning and others occur at night. So in the morning, I'm real simple. I use a vitamin C serum and a sunscreen. In the evening, a moisturizer. And for me, it's a prescription-strength retinoid to stimulate collagen, but you can use an over-the-counter version or retinol alternatives like acuchiol, or peptides, you know, for me, it's just to like kind of tell you what I'm actually using. Right now, I'm using the Revision C-Plus Correcting Complex as my vitamin C serum in the morning. And the sunscreen, I kind of change it up. I really like the La Roche-Posay SPF 60 Melt in Milk, an oldie but a goodie, the Elta MD UV Clear. And then in the evening, I really like the PCA Skin Clear Skin Moisturizer. It's a really light gel with niacinamide, followed by Prescription Altrino which is a prescription tretinoin lotion. Alternatively, sometimes I use the Alpha Ret Skin Better. It's a combination of over-the-counter retinol and glycolic acid. I like the Rock Retinol Capsules. And so I switch it up a little bit. And Dove Soap.
1: Great. We like Dove. We love Dove, actually. We have you on today's pod because we want to get to the bottom of adult acne. This is something that, like, of Americans experience. It's something that happens to everyone, mostly women. A lot of our listeners um, had a lot of questions. So who better to ask than you? Because, you know, obviously not only do you have this extensive background, but you also, like Kirby mentioned, your own line with your wife called Jory, which targets, um, you know, adult acne. But before we get into that, let's talk about like, what are the most common (laughs) causes of adult acne? Like your Your patients that are coming in, what are you finding? Are the the reasons that they have adult acne?
0: Yeah, so the first thing I'll tell you is that acne is the number one reason that patients are seeing a dermatologist, and it's estimated that over 50 million Americans are suffering from acne every year, and that's based on insurance claims database. So that means that there are so many more people that actually are not seeking care and are suffering. And Sarah, as you said, about 85% of Americans suffer from acne at one point. You know, we all talk about the pandemic called COVID, but acne is really a pandemic in the United States. And the most recent data that we have shows that 50% of women in their 20s, 35% of women in their 30s, and 26% of women in their 40s are still suffering from acne. And this ranges from occasional blemishes, intermittent breakouts, or more persistent acne. And that's all in the same category. Acne is an inflammatory condition of the sebaceous glands or the oil glands. And while we don't 100% understand why it's happening to a greater degree in women, we do know that the major contributing factors are hormonal fluctuations that activate the oil glands, the impact of diet, finally, emotional stress.
2: Yeah. So I think one thing I remember growing up and I would like go see a dermatologist like I went like one time. I actually don't even think I saw a derm. I think I saw like a medical just like a no, no dermatology expertise when I got at this huge breakout on my forehead. And they were like, oh, I think we could prescribe you like tetracycline or something like that and clear it right up. And it did. But it didn't really pinpoint anything, and I remember one of the big things around acne when we were teenagers was like, if you eat too much chocolate, you're gonna break out or whatever. And there is, I feel like, some truth to that because it's 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 like based in inf- inflammation within the skin, and inflammation is triggered by a variety of things, including your diet, like you mentioned. So it's not just strictly like, oh, you're going to have a Hershey's, you know, milk chocolate bar, and you're going to break out immediately. It feels like it's more of like a consistent thing. Like if you're just constantly eating inflammatory foods, right?
0: So acne ultimately is determined by your genetics. And if mom or dad broke out, or you have another first degree relative, you're more likely to break out yourself. And acne is an inflammatory condition, not an infection. Although There are bacteria that normally live on your skin that promote the inflammation and drive acne. And that's why the antibiotics are used. It has to do with your microbiome, which is a really hot topic right now. (laughs) Yes. But listen, I've got bacteria on me. The two of you guys have bacteria. But because of our different genetic backgrounds, some people will react to that bacteria more than others, causing inflammation and, and blockages of the pores.
1: And so who are those people? Like, is there a way that you can classify them at all? Like, who's more prone to getting this acne?
0: You know, we know that the men that typically have acne in adulthood are people that always had bad acne and it persisted. If you look at the women the adults at least, there are three main categories. There are the people who never had acne and developed it for the first time as an adult. And my wife actually falls into that category and that's what launched the journey that turned into the Jory Skincare. The second group are the people who had it as an adolescent It persisted, but it tends to change. It looks different in adults. It's more red, angry pimples along the lower one-third of the face and around the mouth. And then there's this group of people who had it when they were young. It went away, and then they got it again as an adult, again, in that different distribution.
2: Okay, so there's normal breakouts, right? There's, like, little pimples that you get here and there, and then there's actually acne. And I feel like a lot of people conflate having acne with having a breakout. And, like, there's a lot of things... I know like when I'm talking to brands, like some of them are careful that they don't say acne because like they can't claim to like clear acne. So do you want to kind of explain the difference between just like a little pimple that pops up versus like legit acne?
0: Sure. So so I think there are actually two issues here. The first thing I'll say is that the little pimple that pops up around the time of your period, that's acne. I think that acne is a polarizing word and people don't think they have acne, you know, oh, I I get a breakout, but I don't have acne, but it's really all the same. But when it comes to brands, when a product comes to the market and you use the word acne, this is considered an over-the-counter drug. And it's a treatment that has to be compliant with the FDA's OTC monograph as an acne treatment product. So there are a lot of cosmetic companies that will come out and say appropriate for acne prone skin or will help treat blemishes, oily breakouts, but they can't use the word acne because that's making a drug claim.
2: OK, got it. Got it.
0: So it's, it's marketing mumbo jumbo if you want to know the truth.
2: <laughs> we always want the truth, doctors. Yes. We always. <laughs> OK, so let's say... I mean, I have hormonal acne, so I feel like I could answer this. But please tell everyone, how do you know if you have hormonal acne?
0: So hormonal acne is a term that we use to describe breakouts in adult women. But the truth is that all acne is hormonal. You have a hormone called testosterone in men and in women. Testosterone is converted into its more active form called DHT or dihydrotestosterone, and both testosterone and DHT bind to the oil glands to drive oil production and drive inflammation Now I think that that hormonal acne term became really popular because women have a natural hormonal cycle in the you know their menstrual cycle so during t- certain times of the month there's more stimulation of the oil glands that consistently leads to a, you know a breakout around the time of the period
2: By the way, I just went and got my labs done. Because I'm convinced that I have more testosterone than I need to have. I'm just going to be very honest about this. Like I'm convinced. So I always think of testosterone and then I think of DHT and how it relates to hair loss. Because a lot of products that are made for like, you know, male pattern baldness and stuff, they have DHT blockers. So like is DHT blocking something that is done for acne as well?
0: Yeah, So a lot of the hormonal treatments that we have by mouth, and there's actually a newer one topically that you can get by prescription, block the effects of the hormones on the oil glands. There are medications like oral contraceptive pills. There's an oral medication called spironolactone. And again, they block the effect of of DHT. And in conditions where you have higher than normal levels of testosterone and DHT, You may have acne that's resistant to traditional treatments and more severe acne, irregular menstrual periods, the development of hair growth in areas where men typically have it. So along that beard area or the middle of the chest, and it might be associated with thinning of the hair on the head. And what's really interesting, Kirby, is that even if your testosterone levels come back in the realm of normal, I find that there are some people that are just extra sensitive to testosterone, even if it comes back normal.
2: Interesting. I think everyone listening probably is familiar with Accutane to help with, you know, very severe acne or like an oral antibiotic. But spironolactone, I feel like people don't actually have that much information on it. And I would love if you could kind of tell people, because I know some of my friends that deal with PCOS. And when I went to my gynecologist and we were thinking I may have had PCOS, she suggested spironolactone and so did my dermatologist. Can you explain a little bit more about what spironolactone like who it's good for and like why it's useful
0: so spironolactone is one of my best friends in the office i have thousands of women on it it's actually a high blood pressure medication and it's been used safely for over 60 years but what was found is that at low doses one of its side effects is that it blocks the effects of the hormones on the oil glands so it decreases oil production which means fewer breakouts less oily skin we even use it to address hair thinning in adult women. You can't use it in men because it will cause what's called gynecomastia. So basically, it will grow boobs. So you cannot give it in men. It's only for women. And it's, it's a really safe option. And if you are breaking out and, you know, you need oral medications to get your face under control, this is a safe long-term option. And you would just touch base with your dermatologist to see if it's right for you.
2: And don't you have to, like, be careful with potassium?
0: Yeah, so there are a couple of side effects just to go through. At higher doses, it's associated with breast tenderness and irregular periods. Especially at higher doses, you can have elevated potassium levels. Studies have shown that young, healthy women really don't have any issues, but I personally do check potassium levels before we start at four to six weeks and then every six months. You shouldn't get pregnant while you're on it, and you don't have to be on a birth control pill but you do need to use protection or as i lovingly say to my patients if you're going out in the rain you need to wear a raincoat
1: yes we approve of that message let's go back to the uh, pcos because we did have some listeners who you know have polycystic ovarian syndrome can you explain you know how do you determine that you know that your acne may be you know a result of that or en- some other you know endocrine disorder
0: Yeah. So the PCOS diagnosis really is made by the by the gynecologist or the endocrinologist, and it has to do with a combination of clinical symptoms, lab values, and and there are ultrasounds done of the ovaries. And you see these large cysts. That's why they call it polycystic ovary syndrome. But I do check blood work in my patients who have resistant acne as well as those other signs that I talked about, hair growth and irregular periods. And you have to be off a birth control pill for at least six weeks. You have to be off spironolactone. The bloods actually have to be drawn at the right time. I think the big mistake is having your bloods drawn mid-cycle when you're ovulating and it it completely messes everything up. So it needs to be done when you actually have your period. That's the best time to check the blood work. If there's blood suggestive of a hormonal sensitivity, I'll refer over to an endocrinologist.
2: Yeah, that was actually the hardest part. Like I was not able to be diagnosed with PCOS because I had an IUD and they were like, I mean, we we can make some educated guesses here. And I my gynecologist was like, your ovaries look fine. Like, I don't see anything. Like, I was experiencing hair growth, like irregular hair growth, and then, like, weight gain that I couldn't pinpoint. And they were like, I mean, it might be PCOS, but, like, it's really hard to tell since you have an IUD. Like, it's just, it's not something that we can actually, like, diagnose at this moment. So if anybody is out there, like, thinking to themselves, like, Do I have PCOS? I can't figure it out. Please, 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 like, go talk to your medical professional. It's like really the only way to figure out what's going on.
1: I don't know, Dr. Z, if you uh, have met Amanda Mitchell on the Refinery Beauty team but she has like perfect skin. She's allegedly never had a pimple on her face before. Rude. I know, rude. I was like, how are you even a beauty editor that you shouldn't be allowed? Anyways, but she has a lot of acne and body acne. And so how, how did, does that work? Like, how does a person, you know, maybe experience both or maybe, you know, they don't have any breakouts, they have perfect skin like Amanda, but they have like back knee, why, why is that happening? Is it a result of the same causes?
0: Acne is a, an inflammatory condition of your oil glands, and you have oil glands on your face, your chest, your back, your arms. It's estimated that 50% of people with facial acne also have acne below the neck, on the chest and the back. It's much less common, maybe somewhere between 10 and 15% of people who only have acne on the chest and the back, but the face is clear. And, and we really just don't understand why, and it probably has to do with genetics, environment, and evolution.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And do you have any favorite products for body acne that you recommend?
0: So we actually can treat body acne with the same products that we use to treat facial acne. And when you have larger surface areas, I would say cleansers or rather than calling them true cleansers, I like to call them short contact therapies they're a great option to use in the shower. And the reason I call them short contact therapies is because when you're using actives, you need to give them enough time for them to penetrate into the follicles. So if you're using a medicated body wash, I say, um, you know, rub it into the area that's affected, let it sit there while you sing happy birthday to yourself, then you rinse it off. And I guess since we're getting loosey-goosey, I'll tell you that I think that these short contact therapies happen to work better if you have somebody good looking in the shower to rub it on for you. <laughs>
2: Okay, Dr. Z. <laughs> so we're getting frisky and we're applying our short contact <laughs> therapies. We love it.
0: See, you I would never like, say that on Instagram. I mean, I would get murdered.
2: But this is this is a safe space. This is a safe space. This is not like first,
1: first or second date either.
2: You're like, hey, listen, I have back knee. Let's get naked in the shower together and get
1: rubbing. Woo.
0: This is a committed relationship.
1: Yes. That's how you know they're a real one. If they will stand in the shower with you, just like how Patrick does Kirby's self-tanning, scrubs her back. That's how you know. That's true, well, right air.
2: True, well, Brad air. Um, okay, I, I love that. I actually would love to know, Dr. Z, like there are plenty of amazing drugstore products available for acne, like to help clear, especially body acne. Do you have any recommendations that you can tell people like, you can't get to a dermatologist right now, run out and go grab this at CVS or something.
0: Yeah, specifically for body, the one that that I happen to like is the Bliss Salicylic Acid Body Spray.
2: Ooh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's just, it, I think it's 2% salicylic acid. It might be 1%. I don't want to misspeak, but it's a great option because you can spray it yourself on your back.
2: Yes, okay. I love that one too. I love a back spray. Like the way that they have the technology now when you turn it upside down and it actually pumps, it's magical. I love it.
0: And then listen, I'm here. I'm giving a shout out to something else. I'm holding up the tube.
2: Oh, Jory. Jory. Yes, of course.
0: I developed a a new skincare line. And, and I think to my knowledge, it's the first line specifically developed for adult acne. And this came about because as I said earlier, my wife started experiencing breakouts for the first time in her 30s. And she actually started treating them herself without telling me. I didn't even notice the breakouts were there. And the problem was a lot of them caused dryness and irritation and they pilled. She couldn't wear it with makeup. And as her face got worse, I got her under control with prescriptions. But the whole experience made us realize that there wasn't anything out there made specifically for her skin needs, despite there being so many products. So, I'm Dr. Josh and she's Corey. So, Josh and Corey gave us Jory, J O R I. That's how the line came out. And it really combines personal preferences as a patient and a consumer and my clinical expertise as an acne treatment expert. These are true acne treatments compliant with the FDA monograph, like I was talking about before, active botanicals that address the impact of hormones, diet stress, and the compositional sebum differences in people with acne. And the aesthetics are just beautiful. They can be incorporated into your daily skincare routine and used under makeup without causing irritation.
2: So there are ingredients in jewelry that I think are really different compared to just like salicylic acid or, you know, using like a BHA or something like that, like saw palmetto. I mentioned this before we went live and I was like, tell me more about salt because when I was having a really terrible breakout several years ago, I tried everything and I could not figure out what was going on. And I remember my mom was also trying to help too. She was like, okay, should you be, you know, taking saw pimento? Like, okay, Janet. I know she was like really trying to help problem solve. And so we looked into it. It was like not easy to find. Like, I think we had to go to like an herbary or something like in Texas <laughs> because I was home for the holidays. And I do remember like taking it consistently and like seeing results. Tell me more about saw pimento. Cause I mean, I'm sure there's other more sexy ingredients in the formulation, <laughs> but this is the
1: one that I'm, I'm honed in on it. The name's pretty sexy as far as ingredients go.
0: So, you know, in order to be an acne medication, you have to be compliant with the monograph. So one of the products does contain salicylic acid. The other one does contain benzoyl peroxide. And that's what actually treats the acne. But what makes it different and unique are these other um, active botanicals. Now I'm gonna make it clear for everybody there. I am not making any claims that saw palmetto specifically treats acne. That is a drug claim. We are not making that. For the FDA, if you're listening, I am not doing anything. I'm...
2: <laughs> Can you imagine the FDA listening to Los Angeles week by week? We would have better sunscreen ingredients available if that were the case, Dr. Z. <laughs> I'll tell you that
0: much. You never know. This is a good podcast. I'm telling you the FDA, the head of the <laughs> FDA is listening to this right now. Please, please, please. <laughs>
2: Come on the podcast, whoever you are.
0: Anyway, so we know that DHT um, has that significant impact on hair and skin. And that's why saw palmetto is used in supplements and in topical products that address, you know, issues like hair thinning. It has is not commonly used to address acne prone skin, which is why I thought it was really a unique ingredient that needed to be in this product. And what I'll kind of briefly say, because we don't have time to get into all the nitty gritty, is that there's data showing that saw palmetto, which is an extract from the palm plant indigenous to the eastern part of the United States, contains ingredients called phytosterols. And these are molecules that are structurally similar actually to testosterone, and there is scientific data showing that it helps balance the effect of DHT. Kirby,
1: maybe that's why you're such a fan.
2: I know, I like that. I'm like pulling up the um, ingredient list because I want to ask more questions. So, okay, there's EPA, DHA, and alpha-lenic acid. DHA, hold on, DHA, <laughs> like.
0: So again, not making any claims, <laughs> but omega-3 fatty acids, for example, from fish oils, that's the EPA, DHA, and linolenic, have actually been shown to balance the impact of a high glycemic index or when you uh, foods or eating sugary or starchy foods. So briefly, when you look at the dietary factors that contribute to acne, we're talking about sugary and starchy foods. We're talking about cow's milk, particularly skim milk, and then whey protein and B12 supplements. But when it comes to the sugary foods, when you have a high sugar load, increases levels of IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1. And that works through some other pathways to drive oil production and inflammation. And there's data showing that the omega-3s help balance that pathway.
2: And then I'm seeing the, the linolenic acid, which you featured earlier, but this is the building block that makes ceramides. And we love ceramides over here. So this is just like a good ingredient.
0: You know, so this one, they sound really similar. So the one I just talked about was linolenic. This one is linoleic. This is super interesting. So there is a difference between being oily and being acne prone. I think these are lumped together, but people don't realize there are true differences. So if you're oily, your oil glands are just really active and you're, you know, you're shiny, you may feel heavy or greasy. But in acne, the composition of the sebum is actually different we know that there is a decreased concentration of linoleic acid. So linoleic is a fatty acid that, as you said, Kirby, is a precursor or a building block for ceramides. Well, guess what? There's data showing that patients with acne actually have ceramide deficiencies. So when you don't have enough ceramides, your skin barrier is disrupted, and that directly contributes to the skin cells sticking together within the pores and causing the blockages. So it, it is unbelievable to me that every single acne product for adults out there doesn't have linoleic acid in it and, and they don't. So that was a really core ingredient to the formula to help replace the, what we know is deficient in the sebum of people who have acne.
1: Interesting. Okay. We need to talk about what the products are. You have two products. Tell us why you chose to do a primer and a mask.
0: Yes. So again, the line was truly a marriage between what Corey wanted and needed in her skincare and what I wanted as a, a treatment for the skin. So she wanted products that had sophisticated textures that she can incorporate into her daily routine. She wanted her acne treatment to be a part of her skincare. She wanted clean ingredients. And I know that's a polarizing word, but I'll go through our definition of clean and she wanted something that was pretty on the shelf. And I don't know if you're recording this or not for video, but they're pink and red. And I'm sure Mandy Moore is is listening. But Mandy Moore was the inspiration for this because my wife saw, a, I think the brand was called Brandon Maxwell, a dress that Mandy wore wore on the red carpet. Corey's background is all in fashion. Listen, Los Angeles, all you listeners, if like your Mandy Moore's publicist is here, like this is her in a bottle and we'll send it to her.
2: Yes, <laughs> and it's really cute. It's it's very, very pretty. And I know exactly what uh, look
1: uh, that she was inspired by. Yeah, we manifest this partnership, this ambassadorship.
0: Yeah, tell, Mandy, I feel like, <laughs> you know, we're gonna be good friends. Anyway, but so the morning product is 2% salicylic acid primer. Now, when it comes to salicylic acid, You need a higher concentration to be effective. A lot of the products have low concentrations, and the majority of products that have 2% really are are spot treatments. So this is an ultralight gel, and it truly has a, a primer consistency. It's really slick. It's designed to be used in the morning. Of course, you can use it at night if you're going out, but your last step under sunscreen or makeup, and it does double duty. Of course, it prevents breakouts treats breakouts that you have, and at the same time, minimizes shine and blurs the pores.
2: Ooh, okay. So this would be like a good uh, primer for when we were talking about summer makeup, Sarah, keeping your makeup on, there was like a step, which was like, use the primer.
1: Totally. And I feel like also, you know, unisex, like this would be a great product for men too.
0: Yeah. And I want to make sure it's clear, you know, we are not calling this Hormonal acne treatment, we're not calling this female acne, this is for adult acne, whether it's the individual blemish, occasional breakouts, or more persistent acne, and definitely can be used across men or for men and for women. But if you just look at the numbers, there happen to be more women that are suffering. Okay, so the second product that we have is the Daily Leave-On Acne Treatment Mask. And this uses, as an active ingredient, micronized benzoyl peroxide. So two comments here. Number one, less is more. You know, when especially adult skin tends to be a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more dry, and the last thing that you wanna do is cause irritation. Studies have shown that 2.5% is as effective as five or 10%, but less irritating. And we used a micronized form because you want the benzoyl peroxide to get into the pore where the acne begins. You don't want to use a 10% benzoyl peroxide product where it's just sitting on the surface causing irritation. And we called it a mask because we want people to use it to the entire area that tends to break out, to treat pimples you have and to prevent new ones from developing. But it's this ultralight water gel. It rubs in instantaneously non-irritating. And we've gone through extensive irritation testing. That was really important, again, to incorporate this into your regular skincare without disrupting the daily anti-aging routine that that adults are, are doing on a regular basis.
2: Awesome. Okay. So let's now get into the acne speed round. What would you say is the best topical treatment for acne?
0: Red angry pimples, benzoyl peroxide, Blackheads, whiteheads, either salicylic acid or topical retinoids. Okay, what about oral? Ooh, so oral medications is either kind of short-term fix, long-term fix. If you have red angry pimples, I'm going to put you on an oral antibiotic along with topicals either over-the-counter or prescription, to get you under control. But you can't be on oral antibiotics for long periods of time because it can disrupt your microbiome. So then you're moving over either to spironolactone, which we talked about before, or a medication called Accutane, which is the big gun.
2: Would you say Accutane's a last resort?
0: Over the past decade, I have pulled the trigger on Accutane a lot earlier than I used to. I personally write a lot of Accutane and for everybody listening, I know it's a bit of a controversial drug, but what I want to tell you is that for the appropriate patient, when you're monitored properly by your dermatologist, it is effective, it is safe, and it is the closest thing that we have to a cure. If there is acne that is resistant to traditional therapies or acne covering large surface areas or acne leaving scarring, and when we say scarring, we're talking not only about physical scars, but also emotional scars. We can't underestimate the impact that acne has on how you feel about yourself. So physical or emotional scarring, I have a very early conversation about Accutane.
1: Okay, what are the best treatments for scarring?
0: The best treatment for an acne scar is preventing it from happening to begin with. So if you guys are getting any marks on your face and your topicals are not working in about a month, you visit a dermatologist. Once you have the scars, Unfortunately, they're permanent. There's some data showing that topical retinoids can improve the appearance of depressed or indented scars to some degree. But once you have them, we're really talking about physical modalities or lasers that can help improve the appearance of scars. And they work, they're just not covered by insurance.
2: What about hyperpigmentation?
0: Yes, so when acne improves, it leaves different types of marks behind. Scars, Physical, structural changes to the skin, either causing an indentation or a raised bump. But marks can either be brown or red blotches. The brown are stains in the skin. You know, the body doesn't like inflammation. And the stain is your body's way of telling you that it's pissed off that there was a pimple there before. And we tend to treat the hyperpigmentation the same way we treat other forms of hyperpigmentation like sunspots. And we'll typically use ingredients that block production of abnormal pigmentation like vitamin C, um, kojic acid, arbutin, tranexamic acid. And then we want to enhance cell turnover by using ingredients like topical retinoids to help the skin shed the cells that have extra pigment in it. And then of course, complementary ingredients like niacinamide or licorice root extract, which have soothing effects on the skin as well. And then the last part is the red blotches. So especially if you have red angry pimples, the pimples go away, but they often leave this red stain. And this is especially apparent if you have a lighter skin tone. Look at it this way. The fire from the pimple is out, but you still have glowing embers under the skin. And this will fade with time. And my best recommendation is just to keep using your acne treatments. Usually, it's benzoyl peroxide, and little by little, that will fade. And if it doesn't fade to your satisfaction, there are lasers that specifically address redness.
2: Great. And then finally, this was like a, a question that people asked: Are is there any makeup product that you should avoid? Like, or is there a make, a type of makeup product you should lean towards if you deal with consistent acne?
0: So the first thing I wanna say is for everybody listening, if you have breakouts, you know, makeup is important. You need to be able to feel confident in your own skin and go out. If you're not bothered by the marks, then you know I'm all for the acne positivity movement and, and there's no reason that you have to, but if you wanna wear makeup to feel better about yourself, I encourage you to. Try to stick to mineral makeups or powder foundations. If you are using a liquid foundation, look for one that contains salicylic acid in it or I will shamelessly promote the Jory Primer, put that on first and then use your liquid makeup because liquid makeups do tend to be more effective, but they can block your pores a little bit. So you need to make sure that you're preventing that from happening.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Z. This was so informative. Where can everybody find you and find
0: Jory? Sure, so JorySkincare.com, J-O-R-I. Right now, it's sold directly from the website in the future, perhaps for other retailers. For me, you can find me on social, Josh Zeichner, M-D, J-O-S-H. Z-E-I-C-H-N-E-R-M-D. And I am sorry, my videos are not as fun as what we just talked about today. But maybe I'll I'll loosen up a little.
1: Throw, throw in some of the Josh Flair. And then Dr. Z, if we have listeners in New York who want to see you, where can they find you?
0: Oh, yeah. So you can go even directly to my website, ZeichnerDermatology.com. You can make um, an appointment online. Listen, guys, I'm a real person. I'm a real dermatologist. I'm seeing real patients and we accept insurance. But I'm full-time faculty at Mount Sinai Hospital um, in New York City on the Upper East Side.
1: All right. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple
2: Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if
1: you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelispod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson,
2: K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group.